Hey everyone, welcome to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast, episode number 12, how to apply for an SBA loan. Are you a small business owner looking to take your skills to the next level? Interested in getting real information about financing business equipment and business loans without the worry of getting scammed? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast with your host, Rob Mishaloff. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast. And today, uh, we're going to talk to Priyanka Prakash at Fit Small Business. And we're going to talk about something we we typically don't talk much about, uh, because I don't really know very much about them, uh, which is uh, SBA or Small Business Administration Loans for Small Businesses. So Priyanka's got a wealth of information to share. And Without further ado, here's the interview. Okay, everybody, I, I'm here with Priyanka Prakash, and Priyanka is with Fit Small Business, and that the website is fitsmallbusiness.com, which we'll leave a link to in the show notes. Uh, Priyanka, can you tell the audience a little bit about who Fit Small Business is? Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to, Rob. So Fit Small Business is an educational site for small business owners. And we started about three years ago after the founders, uh, Mark and David, uh, we couldn't easily find information available online about all the things that a small business owner would want to know about. Uh, the kind of material they found was either like too simplistic or too high level. It wasn't something that was, you know, you know, easy to understand and quick to get to the point for small, busy small business owners. And there's so many things that small business owners need to know about on a regular basis, including how to finance their businesses. And that's how Fit Small Business got its start as, you know, the go-to place for information for small business owners. And we publish buyer's guides, how-to articles, reviews, and more. And uh, all of our articles are independently researched and written and often take hours of research. Wow. So that's a little bit about small business. Cool. So uh, one of the reasons why I specifically uh, wanted to talk to you guys is you guys do SBA or help people uh, get involved in SBA loans. And I'm really interested in hearing from you about that because it's something that at at Smarter Finance we've uh, typically avoided. We've heard a lot of horror stories about people not being approved and super long wait times. And so we've avoided it, but it sounds like you've been successful in helping some people. So uh, can you tell me a little bit about your SBA loan offerings? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we uh, provide a wealth of information to small businesses um, about SBA loans. We have a variety of great articles um, to start with, such as, you know, SBA loan rates, an SBA loan calculator, and an article that describes the different types of SBA loans and how to get an SBA loan. Okay. Um, and we also work with, you know, some different SBA uh, loan providers. The primary one being a company called SmartBiz. They are uh, an, an online SBA loan provider, and they have taken the SBA loan process, which you were just describing, which can seem very lengthy and intimidating, can often take two or three months or longer, and they bring that down to about one month or less. 
for most borrowers. Right. We ourselves at Fit Small Business actually applied successfully for an SBA loan through SmartBiz, and we recommend it to a lot of our readers as well. So wow. that's a little bit of, that, of background on you know our uh, connection with SBA loans and what we can help our readers with. Okay, so uh, a few questions about that then. So is this can startups be approved, or is this only for uh, businesses with say two or three years? Uh, time in business. At SmartBiz specifically, they only work with businesses that have been established for two years or longer. Okay. There are, you know, banks and other SBA lenders that w- will work with startups, and I can get, you know, into that a little bit more in detail later when we talk about qualifications, because the qualifications for a startup are going to be a little bit different from that for a business that's already established. Okay, so let, let, let's talk about that a little bit. What are the qualifications? Let's, let's start out with the, the credit qualifications. Is there a minimum credit score or a minimum amount of trade lines someone needs on their credit? Mm-hmm. Or what kind of credit is needed in order to successfully apply for an SBA loan? Yeah, sure. That's a good question. So just to get, you know, back to the basic before we get into the specific qualifications, the SBA itself, you know, the U.S. Small Business Administration, they set certain minimum eligibility requirements for SBA loans. Okay. In addition to that, lenders have their own specific requirements. So, for example, some of the SBA uh, minimum eligibility requirements are that you need to show a need for the loan proceeds and not, be, you know, not be able to be like the kind of business. If you can easily get a loan elsewhere, a conventional business loan, then you might not be a good fit for the SBA loan program. Similarly, you know, there you, your business owners can't be convicted of certain types of crimes. There, there are certain minimum eligibility criteria like that that the SBA sets. Okay. And then in, on top of that, uh, lenders have their own requirements in terms of credit score, you know, profitability, cash flow. So sure. in terms of credit score, I would say generally above a 650 FICO score is a good ballpark of, of the minimum okay. you would need to get qualified. The most successful businesses, business owners have over 700 FICO score. That's that's what we have seen in our experience. And also in terms of, you know, how well does your business have to be doing, being a profitable business can, will help you immensely in getting approved. And if you're like operating marginally, you haven't, you're not in the black yet, uh, you'll need to provide a thorough business plan to show how you plan to achieve profitability and you'll also need to be very strong on the other factors such as credit. So if you're a startup or you're not operating at a profit yet, you'll need to have a really strong business plan and you'll need to have other strong you know, factors in your application such as very good credit and collateral to offer. Okay. Yeah, if you're an established business, generally um, you know, lenders look for what is called as debt service coverage ratio above 1.25. Debt service coverage ratio is can be calculated if you take a business's annual income yep. and you divide it by the annual loan payments. And that that number should be around 1.25 or higher because it shows that the business then has the capacity to repay the debt relatively easily. Sure. Another uh, uh, quick question, are you talking about 
the bottom we're, we're not talking revenues we're talking about bottom line income net income yes net income that's correct yeah and for the own like on so that DSCR debt service coverage ratio gives you a good look gives the lender a good look at the business but some lenders will also look at the the capacity of the business owner so they'll look at the business owner's total monthly debts, including any personal debts they might have, and their monthly gross income, and that should be less than 40%. That's the, the number that they usually look for, less than 40%. Okay. So, yeah, those are some of the metrics that they look at. And as far as, you know, the age of the business, if you have been established for two or three years or longer, it's going to be easier to, to qualify about, um, I was looking at, some data the other day, and it about three quarters of businesses that get SBA loans are established businesses, and only about a quarter are startups. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. If you guys have a hundred people ask you about SBA loans and apply, how many out, mm-hmm. out of that one hundred would typically get approved? Well, it's not going to sound very high, so I'll come right out and say that. I'd say less, you know, less than 10% who actually apply get approved. A very small percentage do get approved, but you have to, you know, keep in mind that many businesses that apply don't meet the minimum eligibility criteria on credit. They'll still try, they'll, they'll, or they might not be profitable yet, and they'll still try their hand and apply and see if they're able to get approved, but it's, you know, it's a self-selected group of people, group of business owners. And the other thing is a lot of businesses that would qualify, you know, have strong credit, are profitable, they don't apply for SBA loans simply because it's not the right choice for them. They might apply for like, you know, a line of credit or a short-term loan or, you know, an equipment loan, um, something that, you know, some other financing option. Okay. So that uh so it sounds kind of complicated, but from what I understand and I mean really complicated, we're like, "Whoa." But at the <laughs> same time, I understand the rates can be pretty low. And so that yeah. that can make it, it all worth it. Can you can you talk a little bit about what what the typical rates are both for the do you only do the 7A or do you do the 504s as well? Actually, both. Yeah, we have both. Okay. So what are the typical rates for those products uh, in today's market? Well, so I'm glad you brought that up because really the most attractive aspect of SBA loans is obviously the low interest rates because these loans are partially guaranteed by the government. They have low interest rates. The lender can afford to take more of a risk on the loan um, because the government is backing it up. So the SBA... They set maximum rates on SBA loans, and the maximum rates are tied to market rates, such as the prime rate. So they'll change over time as market rates increase and decrease. Mm-hmm. Currently, uh, the SBA 7A loans have rates between 5.75% to 8.25%. Okay. So that's a very low interest rate given what you would find if you went out and applied for, say, like an alternative loan, a short-term loan, which could have double-digit, even triple-digit interest rates. Right. So that you're saving a ton of money. The SBA 504 loans 
it's a little bit different the way it works because there's three different parties to an SBA 504 loan. You have the borrower, you have the CDC, which is a certified development company, which is an SBA-approved entity, and then you have the lender as a third party. And so the lender and CDC both are making loans to you. Uh, The CDC part of the loan currently will have an interest rate in the 3 to 4% range. And the, the lender part of the loan will also be somewhere in the low single digits. So you're still looking at a very affordable loan for a small business. Yeah, and, um, and to be clear, the, the yeah. 504, that's for real estate only, or is that for equipment, or can it be used for working capital too? It can. It's used for real estate and for equipment. Okay. Yeah, so it's not for working capital. The working capital general purpose loan is the SBA 7A loan. Right. And now on on the 504 loan, let's talk about both of those loans in terms of, you know, is it appropriate to apply for an SBA loan for twenty five thousand dollars, or do you really have to be looking at a three hundred thousand dollar? Uh, to make it worth it, not only for you, but for the, for them to actually bother to go approve your loan and so forth. What's, what's the typical size ranges of these loans? Yeah, that's a good question. So you see ranges all over the map, really. I mean, you see as low as like uh, loans that are made as low as five to ten thousand dollars, and then they go all the way up to the max, which, uh, with a 7A loan is five million dollars, and it's even higher with a, with an SBA 504 loan, it's about $13 million is the max with an SBA 504 loan. Okay. But like you were saying, you know, for a bank, for it to be sort of worth it for them, they tend to prefer loans which are, you know, higher dollar, so $100,000 or above, $250,000 or above. Every bank sort of has its own, I don't want to say cutoff because, Banks will look at different criteria, different applicants, yeah. but generally 100k or above, or you know, uh, 250k or above, is easier to get with a traditional lender. The reason that we like SmartBiz and that we, you know, went with them ourselves is because they do offer smaller loan options. In fact, they don't go above. 350k. That 350k is their max. Okay. So they're able to work with uh, small businesses that might need, you know, just maybe 25k or 50k. Not don't need a lot of money. Right. And if I if I understand it correctly, Smart Biz is is pretty much only online, so they have lower overhead, so they can actually afford to make the smaller loans. Is that that? Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, exactly. They're not like a tradition, you know, they're not a bank. They're not actually the lender. So they don't have, you know, branch locations. What they do is they will actually package a loan for you and present it to the lenders that they work with. They work with SBA preferred lenders and they will collect application information from the borrower, package that application for you in a way that basically allows your business to put its best foot forward in front of the lender and will actually help increase the chances that you qualify um, because they know the they know the requirements each and every requirement of the lenders that they work with so they can actually increase the chances of you getting approved versus if you just went to multiple banks and tried yourself gotcha gotcha so 
One of the things we always try to talk to our listeners about of any any product or anything that we talk about really is we've talked about the good things uh, about the loan, obviously the low interest rates. So we talked about a couple of the challenges, namely that it can take a while and it's a low approval rate. Are there any, any other downsides to an SBA loan? Yeah, um, you know, there are, like you said, with everything, there's always a downside. One downside with SBLs that I would say is that they're best for long-term business investments. So things like hiring, expansion, they're not as good for things that are short-term in nature, like if you need to just purchase inventory or you just need to purchase supplies or you're just hiring one, you know, a freelancer, sure. something like that, a SBA loan is not going to be worth your time. Yeah, you'll get a good rate, but the time it takes you, you, you would have gotten, you know, a line of credit or a short-term loan in those weeks and would have been on your way. So. Okay. For short-term investments, they're not great. And also, you know, even with a provider who speeds things up like SmartBiz, is still going to take a lot of paperwork, and you have to be, you know, mentally prepared for that, and you have to be organized. So you're going to need to dig out those, you know, income statements, your balance sheet, your, you know, business plan. You're going to need all of that, whereas... With an online short-term lender, alternative lender, you, you can get approved and funded in a couple of days without providing any of that paperwork. Sure. So it's a trade-off. Okay. Uh, what about collateral? Is there any collateral typically required for these loans? Yes. So the rule, um, and I believe this is an SBA, you know, a rule that the SBA says is that the lender should use its normal collateral policies with SBA loans. So whatever it would normally require for conventional conventional business loan, the lender would require the same thing for an SBA loan. Okay. But that being said, there's like special uh, little cutout for SBA loans that says if everything else is is perfect, like the business owner has great credit, they have a highly profitable business, you know, the the owner has, a, you know, a high net worth or, you know, is making a good income, but the only shortfall is, you know, insufficient collateral, yeah. then they probably will not deny you. Okay. But you, you do have to have those other factors. You have to be very strong in those other factors, so. Wonderful. Now, does an SBA loan entail a blanket lien on the business or a personal guarantee, or or how is it secured? Yes, it does. So every owner who owns 20% or more of the business needs to provide a personal guarantee for the loan. So that, coupled with the collateral, provides the security for the SBA loan. Okay. So uh, I know in in the traditional bank loan, there's often a a blanket lien, that's not the case with SBA loans, is that correct? I think that varies based on the lender, actually. Okay. I think, yeah, so I think that that's something that the that you'd have, you know, the borrower would have to ask the lender because they would have different policies on that. Gotcha, gotcha. And one last question, uh, because one of, the, one of the biggest negatives that a lot of folks that we talk to that are considering that are what we call a bankable, prefer mm-hmm. not to go to a bank in some cases uh, because of covenants. And, and covenants are, are rules that, for instance, it can say if your EBITDA to such and such ratio falls below 
a certain level, the loan becomes due and payable, which can, you know, a a short-term business problem can turn into bankruptcy with covenants. Are there typically covenants with SBA loans, or does that also depend on the lender, or are there no covenants? Yeah, that also depends on the lender. So in that case, I would what we recommend is that the business owner very carefully review the loan agreement and make sure that they ask the lender any and all questions that they have about fees, about covenants, about anything that, you know, might cause them pain and heartache down the road. Yeah. Make sure that you figure that out before you sign on the dotted line, basically. Absolutely. And, and for, since these loans tend to be, uh, a lot of times, although as we've discussed, not always, but a lot of times these are, are larger and higher dollar loans, I think in a lot of cases right. it might be a good advice for the business owner to have an attorney look over that loan before they do anything. That, that's a good idea as well. And, you know, nowadays there's so many, uh, you know, online legal services where you can easily get the agreement reviewed if you don't have your own attorney. So there's a lot of options for that. And these are also, in addition to higher dollar loans, they're long-term loans. So you're going to be paying this back for a while. So it's important to get all that information up front. Great. So uh, I understand you've done some pretty solid research on on the actual SBA product with some pretty interesting data. Anything you can share or would like to share about uh, what you've uncovered? Oh, yeah, sure. I think um, so. I don't know if you're referring to this, but we did something actually. Fit Small Business did something pretty unique last November. We we filed a uh, Freedom of Information Act request with the SBA to get some raw SBA loan data. Um, and they provided us uh, data ranging from about 2000 to 2015, and we reviewed it to see if we could find some trends and, you know, interesting data points for small business owners. And we found some really interesting things. What we did first, we actually looked into SBA franchise loans because that's One of the biggest uses of SBA loans, believe it or not, is to when you're opening or or buying a franchise. Sure. Yeah, and so we ranked, based on the SBA repayment rate, we ranked the 50 best and worst franchises. And some interesting things we found was that some very well-known franchises like, you know, Amoco, Johnny Rockets, Orange Theory, to name a few, they were actually you know, they're so well known, you would think, oh, these are great, high quality franchises, but they were actually very poor at paying back their SBA loans. As a a collective group, the the borrowers who opened those franchises actually did not, were not able to pay back their SBA loans on time. So that's SBA loan repayment rate is a big factor in determining franchise quality. Sure. So that is, you know, one of the important things that we looked at, and your listeners can look at that article on our website as well. Wonderful. We'll put and a link then, to that in the show notes for, for, for the listeners. Yeah, definitely. We also looked at, uh, with the same data set, the best states to get SBA loans. And um, if any of your listeners are listening from Vermont, they'll be happy because Vermont came out as, as one of the best states. Um, wow. Utah was also best uh, at terms of access to small, you know, access to SBA loans, what percentage of 
small businesses in those states were able to get SBA loans. The Dakotas and Montana had a great repayment rates. On the other hand, Florida wasn't so good at repaying its loans. So that was some interesting information we got. And Yeah, and then one of the most recent articles was the types of businesses that are able to get SBA loans. And we found out that restaurants get the most SBA loans. However, they're not the best at paying them back. Professional firms like doctor's offices and law firms have the best repayment rates. Okay. So there's a lot of interesting nuggets in that in that data, which I think your listeners will find interesting. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty excited to, to see that data myself. So yeah, this is awesome. Before we... Uh, Call it a day. Any any advice for the listeners, uh, specifically when you're looking for, like you know, we talked about. Well, it depends on the lender. Uh, how, w- whether it's going through fit small business or going to your local bank, like what's the best way for somebody to determine if they want to apply for an SBA loan? Like, how do they pick? How do they even find? The person with whom they want to, uh, because it's not, it's not standard at all. What do they right. do? The the best piece of advice I have, like you say, whoever you go with, is to work with a preferred SBA lender. There's a there's a program called the Preferred Lender Program, okay. and I can't recall right now how many banks are on that list, but the SBA has published that list of preferred SBA lenders. And those are lenders that have done a high volume of SBA lending historically. And so they know the process very well. And that will work to your advantage because there are a lot of SBA rules that can cause hiccups during the process and uh, make it longer than it actually has to be Mm. and more complicated than it has to be. So working with a preferred lender program is going to streamline the process for you. It'll make sure you get your questions answered and, you know, eventually you will, you will hopefully be a borrower, a successful borrower of an SBA loan. Wonderful. So when it, when it comes to borrowing money for your business, it sounds like the best advice is to avoid amateur hour. That's correct. Yeah, that can can create some real heartburn. Well, great, Priyanka. this has been fantastic information, useful not only for the listeners, but, but for me as well. Uh, this is a lot of stuff I didn't know. Well, I'm glad, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, hey thanks for coming on. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Smarter Business Finance Podcast with your host, Rob Michelin. Online at SmarterFinanceUSA.com, Twitter at SmarterFinanceU, and on Facebook.com slash SmarterFinanceUSA. We'll catch you next time.